and welcome to Spawn, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. I'm Liz Gumbiner, and we are the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. And on today's episode of Spawn, we will be talking to the hilarious comedian, writer, NPR host, and mom, Ophira Eisenberg, about finding the humor in pregnancy and motherhood. Oh, yes. Let's find the humor, shall we? (laughs) We need a little humor when it comes to that. For sure. And as always, we will close out our show with our cool picks of the week. All right, so let's tell you a little bit more about our wonderful guest, Ophira Eisenberg. You may best know Canadian-born stand-up comic Ophira Eisenberg as the host of NPR's nationally syndicated comedy trivia show, Ask Me Another, which which I love, huge fan. She's interviewed and joked with and played silly games with everyone from Sir Patrick Stewart to Uzo Aduba to Ethan Hawke to Aquafina. And she was selected as one of New York Magazine's top 10 comics that funny people find funny. And believe me, that's saying something. (laughs) And she performs around North America and beyond, appearing on Comedy Central, The Late Late Show, The Today Show, tons of other networks, comedy clubs everywhere, as well as in the New Yorker Festival, Montreal's Just for Laugh Festival, Women in Comedy Festival. Basically, she's done it all. And she also filmed her comedy special, Inside Joke, when she was eight and a half months pregnant. How <laughs> about that, Krista? That's crazy. And if you haven't seen it on Amazon or iTunes, it's all about finding out that she'd have kids unexpectedly at an advanced maternal age, something I know a little about. And so we're excited to hear more from her. Welcome, Ophira. Thank you so much. That is your life. <laughs> we love to do bios where we're like, this is your life. (laughs) (laughs) I love it too. That's awesome. Yes, I spent many months hearing advanced maternal age and that was fun. (laughs) I think I only had one person use the other possibility, which is geriatric pregnancy. (gasps) No. (laughs) I never heard that one. That makes you sound like you take Geritol. (laughs) Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, and and my joke was always that I considered myself both high risk and an inspiration. <laughs> Although, you know, I think it's both not fair and maybe we should all embrace this that I don't even know what is a low risk pregnancy anymore. I feel like it's, you know, obviously attached to age often. But uh, I think everyone is just now considered by the medical industry high risk. Here's to that. We've done a good job at like making pregnancy not talked about in terms of like a medical condition that a woman is going through to make it sound like a a disease or something discomforting. But I think everyone's high risk. Yeah. You know what? We could do a whole very serious show about that as well. (laughs) Just sort of like uh, high risk. (laughs) So what made you decide to focus your comedic energy around being pregnant? I mean, I can kind of guess just from talking to you for two minutes, but was it a conscious choice or sort of like the elephant in the room that you you couldn't help it. And sorry about that metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I was petrified when I found out I was pregnant. I was elated, but I was also petrified. Mm-hmm. And I did not tell people until there was no way I could not tell people. I was performing and doing all kinds of things all over the place. But I refused to acknowledge it, even to close friends. Like, I just kept it buttoned up till the very last. Why was was it professionally you thought things would change? Or was it that you were just in denial about 
being a mom? Like, why do you think that was? I think because I had been through a lot of traumatic events in my life and I just wanted to give myself some time. I mean, I would never be the person at two, you know, I'm two weeks pregnant. Like I would never do that. It's totally not my personality. And I know people that do do that. And, you know, they do that for their own reasons. And I'm sure there's a professional angle, too, that I just was like, let's see. I don't really know how to uh, deal with it. But then when it came to the fact that I could not not acknowledge it, it became a great source of comedy on so many levels. First of all, we can all agree that any stories or any material or any emotions around something that someone is going through or experiencing for the first time is really compelling. Even in, in when I go do storytelling and teach storytelling, you always use these triggers to get people thinking about the most important parts in their lives. And you say first, best, last, worst. Because first and last are always really poignant stories. Also, I couldn't get on stage and not, I mean, I guess I could get on stage and not mention it, but it seemed ridiculous after a while. And as my pregnancy progressed, and I thankfully had a, I felt good during my pregnancy, I would watch people like slightly both horrified and amused as I kind of lumbered onto the stage <laughs> with this big belly. Like it became, it was like a prop. <laughs> I used to work in advertising agencies as a creative director and I, yeah. like, I was not a stand-up comic, certainly. But when I had to get up and present in front of clients when I was like six, seven months pregnant, it was like they just stared at my stomach. They didn't hear a word I was saying. <laughs> and I, same thing. I felt like I had this prop in front of me that was distracting from everything. Thing. It was the weirdest thing. The most expensive prop you'll ever have. <laughs> <laughs> the prop that keeps on taking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it became amusing to me after a while. And then you can play against it, you know, because still, I think as a mainstream view of a woman who's pregnant, you become strangely a little more virginal. Like there's something chased about you or oh, yeah. fragile. So using that and, and going counter against it, whether you want to be a little raunchy or self-deprecating a certain way, or even just talk about sex, has a much more heightened effect. Yes. Oh, I yeah. remember saying like, this is effing awesome to a client. They're like, you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. And you know, I would, so I was going on stage a lot and I would be, <laughs> I wanted to look good on stage. And I had, you know, my general sort of look when I go on stage, it's like, you know, I like wearing sort of a, a flashy tank top and a cool jacket, like a leather jacket, just sort of, you know, it's edge with a, a little bit of cleavage, little, little <laughs> cleavage for, for what I have to offer. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm going on stage and I'm trying to dress around this huge bump. Uh, and so I'm Googling and looking around for maternity wear that I think would look good. And man, it was not easy. Uh, I finally found some that, you know, Jessica Simpson strangely has an amazing line of, of <laughs> denim. Okay, we should just we should just take one moment and just pause and talk about how strange it, it is that she actually has like really cool stuff and no one wants to admit it. I like I refuse to admit that I own her shoes, but they're actually kind of cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> her maternity stuff was the best. It really was. There you go. It was the best. It looked good. 
because half of the stuff that you could buy just looks like you've given up. <laughs> and the other half, it's sort of like it has a folky sort of <laughs> bohemian. It's very bohemian, bohemian, right? Yeah. Yeah. It looks like you should be wandering around with a lute. And barefoot, of course. <laughs> barefoot. Like with a Coachella flower crown on yeah, your head. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Would you like to come over for some tea? <laughs> so I always tell people that if I wasn't laughing about motherhood, that I would be crying. <laughs> and that's actually one of the reasons why I started Cool Mom Picks was I was like, hey, Liz, like we need something that's quick and easy to read because moms don't have time, but it also needs to be funny because people don't want to, if, if moms are taking time to read something, they need to be laughing because also if they weren't laughing, they'd be like pulling out their hair and like contemplating <laughs> their that's own right. escape from their life. <laughs> so do you agree with that? Is yes. that something that informs like what you're doing or what you did in your standup and, and, you know, just oh, overall? Absolutely. I mean, in conjunction with when I was working about that, I did write and perform a story about my journey to deciding and ending up with a child, which is not particularly funny. The stakes are quite high and there's a, a lot of serious stuff going on. You know, I got great reactions from it, but I remember someone saying, and I think about it every day, they're like, thank you. I'm so happy I read this piece. And they're like, but do you really need to give mothers another reason to cry? <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> so yes. true. Uh, and I wish someone would have told me while I was pregnant, like, hey, go watch some horror movies and go, you know, enjoy as many dark humor and whatever, because I don't have it in me anymore. I really like, you know, I can't even watch commercials half the time. How old is your son now? He's three and a half. Okay. So let me assure you, it gets better. <laughs> because I remember writing blog posts when my daughter was two. I'm like, I can't watch SVU anymore. I can't watch the news. Like everything upsets oh me. Goodness, the world no. is a horrible place. And then like once my kids were like eight, I'm like full on walking dead. Like I'm catching up on everything I hadn't watched for years. I watched all of Breaking Bad. I watched Sons of Anarchy in like one month. <laughs> so you'll get back there. You're like watching Dexter while drinking <laughs> alcohol, was- eating soft cheese and lunch meat. For real, I literally started <laughs> watching Dexter again. So yes, I remember that like, oh God, the world is horrible and I can't do this. And then after a while, I don't know, you take it less personally. And at least for me, I remember thinking I can get back to it. Game of Thrones has been a joy and I do not think I could have right. done it when my kids were three and a half, for sure. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I do. I have been reading more just thrillers because I love the escape. And I love action. I, I mean, I always have. But I was like, bring on that new John Wick movie. Like, that's exactly where I am right now. Oh, that's so head. funny. Because, yeah, I remember early on, I would have been like, the dog, the dog. Like, it would have, like everything was so personal. And I felt so much empathy for everyone in the world. And I just kept putting yeah. my, my kids in the shoes of, you know, any character real or, you know, imagined who anything bad happened to. It was it was tough. I mean, that's. Yeah. that's a really good pregnancy and new motherhood truth is that like we start to see the world completely differently yeah and and your sensitivity is all over the place and different things which i think is great i mean i feel like there's all these things that people don't tell you that you take these birthing classes which is fine you should totally do that but looking back i'm like you know i have a husband that's my partner is a husband and i was like we should have gone to an escape room like we should have done (laughs) some really intense teamwork training because if you are not familiar with working with someone 
someone like that on a very high stakes project, it, it breaks you. I love that a baby is a high stakes project. That's like my favorite descri- <laughs> description of a baby ever. Okay, so can you tell us some of your best or most popular, I sound like a BuzzFeed article, 10 of the most popular pregnancy jokes, yeah. but what resonated most with people? Was it like the discomfort or the fact that like everyone looks at you like you've had sex a lot? Like what resonated with folks? Yeah. Well, I think for me, I really leaned into the fact that I never wanted kids, yet here I am, you know, and I've actually reworked this joke recently on current events. But I would say, and it's true, people asked me all the time, once I got pregnant, they were like, why did you wait so long? I mean, I'm sure you two can agree from doing this show for a while, you could do so much material on just fielding the inappropriate things people have asked. Yes. We have. We've done like lists of 10 things never to say to a working mom. For sure. You know, they would ask me, why did you wait so long to have kids? And I would say, because I hate kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's the secret that no one tells you is that most people only like their own kids. (laughs) Right. Uh, And, you know, and then I, so I would tell that joke when I was pregnant. Then when I had the baby, I would tell that joke and I would say, but of course you, you know, of course you love your own, but you know, for me, it's a little too early to tell. So, <laughs> but it, it all worked out. Yeah, that's awesome. You, you like your son now? I do like my son, but now as a toddler, I feel the truth is that anyone who decided not to have a kid who says I don't want to have kids because I hate kids, my response is you don't know what it is to hate kids. <laughs> 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 Oh my God. <laughs> that is really funny. And it's kind of that true. Like so true, once though. you start hitting like play date age or, you know, for me, <laughs> hell was when your kids are in their first preschool year and they've got, oh. you know, 12 or 14 or 18 or whatever kids in their class. And every single person has a birthday every single weekend that has to invite all the kids. So you literally have to go to 18 birthday parties. And that's just if you have one kid, like that right. for me was the definition of hell, like a preschool birthday party party with 18 kids in the room every single weekend or every other weekend for a whole year. (laughs) You know, it's funny you say it. So we had a birthday party when my son turned three, obviously, uh, and we invited some of the kids from his preschool and we had a free voucher. And so we did it at a play space, which is a dream. That is so expensive. You you know, if you can afford it, great. We had this like free, it's just amazing. You walk in, they play with your kids. They feed them some pizza. You leave. I mean, <laughs> and they clean up. And yes. they clean up. I was like, oh, it's a Sunday at eleven kind of thing for one hour. I brought two bottles of prosecco, a thing of orange juice, and coffee, and you know, some little snacks. First fifteen minutes, prosecco, coffee, empty. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I was like, I exactly where everyone's at right now. Kristen, we've written about that, that like the key to throwing the best one year birthday party is like an unlimited supply of Bloody Mary. Oh, it's for the parents. It's for the parents. You don't throw the party. The kids can be entertained with like their toe jam. Do you know what I mean? Like kids like to play (laughs) with a cardboard box. You know, like I don't understand why we're making all the effort to take them to like acrobatic classes for their birthdays. Just put them in a room with like glue and tape and like all the things that they can't have in the house. Like give them all 
all keys, give them all like everything that they're always trying to get and then bring alcohol. And that's really what the best party would be. Forbidden item party, Liz. That is so smart because I still remember the mom that rented out the Intrepid aircraft carrier to have a birthday party for her son who was like three or four. And I love this family, but the kids were so little. Most were not even four yet. And he was turning four and they were really young to be on an aircraft carrier, like getting a tour of all the different you know, vessels and vehicles. So basically they, they just left with germs. They left with like a cold <laughs> or maybe the flu from touching everything, right? <laughs> that's right. Like that's all. That's the party favor. Yeah. Here's your party bag. Here's the cold. Bag of viruses. <laughs> everyone gets a bag of yeah, viruses. Yeah, everyone gets a, Yeah, oh, that. We're going to get into the, the party bag situation. But so like making jokes about pregnancy, did that help make it all easier? Because I think... I think even if you have an uneventful pregnancy like I did, I think Liz did too, like the, it's hard. And so I'm wondering, like being able to get up on stage and joking about it and hearing people kind of laugh with you in commiseration or like with sympathy, did that make it all easier for you or a little easier? Yes, definitely. I mean, I thankfully had a non-eventful pregnancy as well. However, you know, I was poked, prodded and tested like something devastating was happening at every moment. I felt like I was constantly in a state of heightened anxiety because it was like, well, we better test for this. Well, next week we're testing for this. I found the advice, you know, just the even the most mainstream pregnancy books were pretty dire. They're like, it's yours, you know, six months. Things to watch out for. It was like, wow, there's just <laughs> not a lot of positive stuff out there. I felt very often like I was not in control as opposed to getting on stage with that microphone in my hand saying what I wanted to say, basically uninterrupted. It's a dialogue with a bunch of people that are not supposed to talk back. The best kind of dialogue. <laughs> uh, and, and it felt like I was in control. It felt like I was in control of my narrative. It felt like I was the leading voice in the whole thing. It was power over the entire experience and owning it. And that, to me, was a relief and uh, and just made me feel so much more positive. So do you think being like an older rookie mom <laughs> made pregnancy? Because I, I, too, was an older rookie mom. And yeah. I live in New York City like you do. And, I, you know, the good thing about Brooklyn is that, you know, you go to preschool and you look at the dads and you're not sure if they're the grandparents or the dads. Because <laughs> some of them are in their second marriage. I always think, oh, God, if I lived in like Nevada or Utah or someplace, I would look like the grandmother. But in New York, we all fit in when we're a little older. <laughs> but do you think being yeah. an older rookie mom like made things a little better, a little more laid back, a little lighter? Or do you think it was, you know, more difficult? Maybe. Yeah, I think maybe. I mean, you know, I sort of embrace that there is the just utter fatigue. I remember taking prenatal yoga, which is the only time I've ever taken yoga. And man, if I were to lie, I would lie and just constantly say I was six weeks pregnant just to take prenatal yoga because it really is the best yoga. It's so relaxing. <laughs> it might have been the last time I took yoga, actually. <laughs> Come yeah, to think right. of it. Exactly. And I remember in uh, prenatal yoga, it was like definitely in Park Slope. It was definitely a split in the class between women in their, I would say, mid to late 20s, early 30s, and then a whole bunch of us that were late 30s. And for me, I was, you know, just over 40. And we would look at each other. And I felt like the younger contingency was looking at the older contingency going like, look at you, you're just trying to squeeze this in before the window shuts. And let me tell you, you're not going to bounce back like I'm going to bounce back. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we would be looking at the younger ones thinking, at least I would, I'd be like, really? This is your whole plan? You move to New York and you just throw your life away? <laughs> Well, that's actually a really good point. Like you get to enjoy your 20s and 30s in New York City if you're a later in life mom, a geriatric mom. It's true. I think what made it good for my life is that when it happened is when the idea of saying to someone, I can't go to that party because I can't figure out babysitting or I can't make this social event. I never feel bad anymore about missing out mm. on that level. Like a little bit sometimes like, wow, it would be nice to just go to Europe. <laughs> Or like the bathroom. But like you feel like I've already done the Saturday nights thing. But yeah, that is the one great thing about, you know, people like, oh, your life's going to change. You're not going to go out. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I have gone out. I have partied. I've stayed up all night. Like, I have done it. My favorite plan now is if I make a plan to go out with someone and then they cancel. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) that means you get like another couple hours of something totally tame without any violence on Netflix. Yeah. So I think for me, if I would have done it any earlier, which it was just not in my cards anyways, I would have been like, oh, I want to hang out with these people and these things and do these crazy things in New York and travel. Uh, But, you know, I did a lot of that stuff. So I was like, fine, now we're good. (laughs) So do you think because you were uh, a later in life mom, did you have friends who already had kids who were older? Or did you end up connecting more with moms that had kids your age or that with people who were your age? Yeah, mostly it ended up being, you know, within a few years of me. There's a strange thing that happened in my world, which is a lot of people I know got pregnant right before I did and right after. Like there is this unbelievable moment happening right now with people I know having children. So I did feel there's going to be no one. I'm doing this alone. Cut to everyone I know. It has a small child. So I don't know how that happened. How we all sent <laughs> a message to have sex. There's some sort of thing sent to us that we need to build a revolutionary army. Like what is coming? <laughs> <laughs> when I really felt that was when I went to a high school reunion a couple of years ago. And it was very clear that there were kind of three different stages of parents there. There were like the parents who started really young and their kids were already like graduating high school or in college. There were the groups who were like, oh, teens, you know, teens. And they all had like 12 year olds. And then there were like the people who started later and they're like showing us baby pictures. And we thought it's so interesting that we all kind of went in these three waves. It's true. I mean, I have some friends too, who, uh, you know, right now they're celebrating their, the graduation of their kids who, some of them high school, some of them college. And it's just, (laughs) what a different life. Oh my goodness. They're like, how's your kid doing? I'm like, well, um, he's saying so a lot. <laughs> we don't have to buy diapers anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And they're it's like, like trying to figure out college tuition. <laughs> yeah. So it is amazing. You know, there are times where I joke that I go, man, I wish I was just a little bit more irresponsible in my twenties with, you know, birth control. Cause now I would be free. But nope. (laughs) Yeah, nope, not anymore. Now you're paying out the nose for a babysitter. Okay, so I want to end with this because I feel like when moms get together, the one thing that always comes up, well, maybe not always, but I love, always love to hear like your funny pregnancy story. Like the one thing, like I always love Liz's story about her like doula that didn't show up. Like, oh, yeah, my doula doula did not show up. And evidently the hospital still talks about it 13 years later. (laughs) 
remember just the didn't show. didn't show up? Like you had one job. Like that's your job. You know that whole like old routine about, you know, a mom is giving birth and she's screaming at the husband or partner like, get out of here. Yeah. I did that to the doula. <laughs> I was like, don't touch oh, yeah. me. <laughs> that's amazing. There is something very, very funny about that irresponsible doula. <laughs> <laughs> That may be my next short story. That's going to be your next short story. And then, so I had my fourth child accidentally at home. Oh, accidentally. And yeah, and with a firefighter named Kelly, who had a terrible Southern accent. And I love the South. All props to our listeners from the South. But when you're in the middle of labor, you expect like Eddie Cibrian to walk in to save you. And it was a very, he was a (laughs) 65-year-old gentleman with a huge Southern accent. At the end of it all, like before they wheel me off, he has my skirt, which I was wearing through the entire birth of my child folded and goes, ma'am, would you like your skirt? (laughs) (laughs) Going, no, I don't. I don't want my skirt. Like, yeah. So that's my favorite pregnancy story. What about you? You got a good, like a moment or a story that just comes to mind? Yeah. I had something called back labor. Oh, Oh, yes. Very, very painful. Very, very painful. Yes, it is. Uh, And I remember my doula did show up and I was just screaming at like, just screaming in pain. And she was like, no, no, we can turn the baby. All you have to do. And she was like, basically showing me a minor headstand pose that I needed to do <laughs> just 40 minutes. And I was just like, ah, get out of here. So we finally went to the hospital, took an Uber. My hat's off to Uber for just a lovely driver. Talk about modern pregnancy and hospitals and all this. I took an Uber screaming. They dealt with it. Uh, we got into the room and after everything got sorted out, of course, they said, would you like an epidural? And I was like, please, please, begging. And so finally, the anesthesiologist showed up and this guy walks in and I swear to God, he's a good looking guy. And he smiles at me and like a sparkle comes off of his perfectly white teeth and like he just saunters <laughs> in the coolest guy, you know, and he's like, I'm going to fix you up, sweetie. I'm going to make you feel good. Like the drug dealer showed up and I was just screaming. I was, I was just beside myself. I had left my body. I was squeezing on to this poor nurse practitioner's hands. Cause she was like, just hold my hands. And I was just squeezing them till they were turning white. And, you know, they tap you and you have to be very still. It's quite hard when you are feeling like you're being torn apart through your back. And he finally administers the epidural, which, of course, relaxes me. And I come back into my soul because I really (laughs) did feel like I just left. Uh, And he's like, there you go. And he pats me on the shoulder and he goes to leave and he smiles and that glint is on his white teeth again. And he goes, by the way, I heard it's going to be a boy. You might want to call him after me. Brandon. I was like, that's hilarious. (laughs) I was like, his name's going to be Lucas, but thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Brandon. That's so funny. Brandon. Oh, my gosh. Brandon. 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 And my firefighter's name was Kelly. But the truth is, you've got to wonder how many women actually have named their child Brandon after him. It's very possible. There's a ton of New York women running around with Brandon. Yeah, don't feel special, Ophira. He probably did that to everybody. (laughs) I'm sure he does it to everyone. And I just, I think he, I mean, it was kind of funny just what, he knew exactly what he was doing the whole time. And he's like, here we go again, I'm going to turn someone's life around. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, that's so. lovely. Well, people can find you as the host of Ask Me Another on NPR, but you are also doing a ton of shows. So where can folks get information from you about you if they want to see you live? Yeah, sure. Uh, they can go to my website, OphiraEisenberg.com. I'm pretty good on social media about advertising shows, so you can also just follow me. Uh, I'm at Ophira E because contrary to popular belief, there are other Ophiras out there. So I managed to get at Ophira E. Oh my gosh. Awesome. You know, I grew up my whole life having to be Liz G because there were like 80 Elizabeths and Liz's in my grade. I never would have thought that you would have the same issue. I feel bonded (laughs) with you on another level now. (laughs) Uh, So I'm always playing in New York. We've got a couple of great live tapings uh, for Ask Me Another. But I know you have listeners all over. So if you're in Seattle on Thursday the 20th, we're doing Ask Me Another at the Moore Theater which is a really nice place. Oh, that's super fun. And of course, we link up everything we mention on our Spawned podcast page. So we'll be sure to link up your website and your socials so people can find you. Thank you. Okay, it is time for... Cool Picks of the Week! Cool Picks of the Week! Ophira, you are our guest. You get to go first. So I am someone who doesn't really consume a lot of comics, like cartoon comics, but I had the great pleasure of sharing a show with a guy by the name of John Reynolds, who illustrates and writes cartoons. They're very quick. They're perfect for parents, a mother, because you can get a great laugh in eight to 10 seconds. That's his actual thing that he says, his promise. Uh, And it's called A Fistful of Babies. You can follow it on Instagram. (laughs) And it's just one panel cartoons. And they're really funny. This guy... Uh, John Rolls, has, he writes um, for Comedy Central shows, and he used to write for The Late Late Show with Craig Furst, and it's very funny. And I am delighting in these. Awesome. I just looked it up, and it looks wonderful. It's that exact thing you said at the beginning where it's like, you just need a quick laugh, and then you can continue with your life. <laughs> That's fabulous. Perfect. Yay yeah. for more laughter. Kristen, how about you? What's your cool pick this week? Uh, okay, so I discovered these Gap Fit sports bras, and I know that this has nothing to do with anything, but that's why we love Cool Picks of the Week, because they're kind of random. And I'm very, very picky about sports bras, because I feel like they're either, they do nothing for you, and you slap yourself in the face with your boob. If you're so lucky, I'm not even that lucky anymore, because my boobs aren't that big. I feel like you're lucky if you can. Or they hurt that like hell. Me. That would be you. <laughs> me, not so lucky. I don't probably don't even yeah, need I've... a sports bra. Like I'm just me. It's like me and my eight year old <laughs> with the training bra. But these are cool. Here's why I like them. They are not for like heavy duty running. They're just kind of for like. I want to wear a sports bra, but I'm not really going to do like sports. And they don't have removable bra cups, which I hate. I loathe those pads because they always get lost in the washing machine. It's just super comfortable. It's got cute little straps. And I feel like you could wear them. Like if you're at home working from home and you just don't want to put a regular bra on, you could put one of these on and be super comfy. So that's my pick of the week. I don't know the official name of it, but it's a Gap Fit sports bra without the removable cups. Feel free to record yourself going into the Gap asking for that and send it our way. (laughs) We would love to play it. 
for our listeners. May I just say that I also recently went into the Gap and bought some of their Gap Fit stuff after never having purchased from that line. And their stuff is very comfortable. It is. I am always very impressed. So I'm just saying, I'm not like a super sporty person, but I actually went back to get another one of them because I so like them so Kristen, much. can us uh, ample-chested ladies wear them? Oh. Or is it more for the Kristens of the world? They're the Kristens of the world. I would say, okay. like, I'm a C cup, so I would say, like, it might be a little tough. I guess it also depends on what you're planning to do, Liz. <laughs> like, if you're planning to do, like, jumping jacks, I'm going to say no. Yeah, there's more than one D after my band size, so that's probably not good for me. But I will take a look because Show I can always use anything comfy to keep the girls up where they belong. <laughs> <laughs> so my pick of the week, not so funny, but wonderful. I got a book, Kristen, at the beginning of the year. You know, we got some, like, a lot of children's books. And it is the, okay, remember the Cindy Lauper song, True Colors? Yes. And yes. it's been covered by 8 million other people, too, right? That's always been one of my favorite songs. I'm one of those people who, like, cries every time it comes on. Well, the lyrics were written not by Cindy Lauper, but by Billy Steinberg and Tom Kelly. And what they did was they turned it into a picture book. With oh. illustrations oh, wow. from Sarah Walsh, and it is like I'm I'm emotional just telling you about it. It is so extraordinary and beautiful, and I mean I think it's wonderful for Pride Month as a celebration of individuality and diversity. But when you think about those lyrics as a mom or a dad talking to a kid about how I love you for who you are, and you know be brave and let your individuality out, like. <gasps> Oh my God, it's amazing. It's so beautiful. So I think it's a great kids book, but also, you know what? It's one of those kind of special graduation books that becomes a really nice keepsake for kids or adults who are graduating of any age. You know, when you're looking for an alternative to the places you'll go and you're like, all right, we need something new for a grad book. This is that kind of keepsake. It's small, it's beautifully done, and it's really special. We have it up on Cool Mom Picks, so we'll link it up on our podcast page if you want to find it, but I think it's just lovely. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Spawned. Huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen. And thanks so much for heeding our word and leaving us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Liz, that's the official term, not iTunes. It's Apple Podcasts. I know. They're breaking it up like a monopoly. Now it's Apple Podcasts. is its own thing. And we really appreciate all of your love and support. And we love hearing from all of you in our Spawned Podcast community on Facebook, where we post all kinds of articles and interesting stuff that we don't get to hear because we don't have enough podcasts in the day. And hey, you can also reach us basically anywhere on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter at Cool Mom Picks, and we write back and everything. Yep. Thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye.